Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Apparently, some fool has gone and shot up another school, and I believe it's a college campus in Alabama. Uh, Of course, we're going to be actually on in Huntsville, I think, in our third hour, so we'll save that conversation uh, till then, because that's where it's actually all going down. Uh, The toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We actually have a special guest here to start the show out with. I got an email from her yesterday about a situation that seems pretty outrageous and completely believable based on what we've heard about the uh, the folks over at the Division of Children and Families or Department of Children and Families or whatever they, they they're the slightly different names in all the different yeah. states health and rehabilitative services things like that yeah the, the, essentially this group of bureaucrats that believes that they own your children and if they want to come take them from you on the flimsiest of pretenses they can Her name is Elena Katz, and Elena, you're actually here in New Hampshire, is that right? I am in New Hampshire right now. Uh, I'm a Massachusetts resident who had been um, illegally extradited on the so-called criminal complaint that never had been filed against me. They arrested me in the courtroom when I started suing the state of New Hampshire in Massachusetts court. Let's go back a little further here. What what were you suing them about? Uh, Can you start at the, the beginning of your story? Yes, well, this story goes back literally to to 1991 when my when my daughter was born. We um, they illegally seized her and they kept her for for somewhat under two weeks. And then when all the complaints, everything was dismissed in the court, we filed civil action for violation with our, of our parental rights and for basically um, intentional affliction of emotional distress. And we eventually got a jury trial for the first time in New Hampshire history against the CYF, the social workers. Some of the social workers uh, that are, are bothering, are prosecuting right, right now, they're the same people who were sued in and, and lost in the, the jury trial. The jury trial was in Suffolk County Superior Court and U.S. District Court. And these people were specifically upset with me because I compared DCYF with KGB. I, I was what do you, what do you mean when you say are, that? Can, can you just stop for a moment and explain? Yes. What I was saying that that New Hampshire DCYF tactics resembles in a great deal the tactics of totalitarian society and KGB from former Soviet Soviet Union, from which I was a political refugee and from which huh. I um, I left in uh, 1981 and then became naturalized citizen in 1986. So when I compared them with the KGB, I was saying that actually uh, DCYF is worse because the, although the tactics are very similar, DCYF never took children and they never used the, them as tools. You mean the KGB uh, never took children? Against the dissidents, huh? Uh, you mean the KGB DCYF never took did. children? The KGB never never took children. They they the children suffered as a result of what happened to the adults. The adults were prosecuted for for dissent, but mm-hmm. uh, KGB never directed their assault against children directly. Children have suffered as a result of destruction of family, but they never used as tools. Of retaliation for punishing the parents, they were never they were never used as vehicles to obtain federal funds to slander the parents. They simply suffered and often vanished as a result of what happened to to adults who had been prosecuted for the dissent of this totalitarian system. 
And uh, that was a front-page new so, news article several times, Manchester Union leader, yes. Elena, was this a shock and, to you? I mean, as somebody who came here from a, uh, you know, from the USSR back in the 80s, was this a shock to you that things like this uh, could happen in America? Well, it, it's, re- it's really unbelievable. I am, uh, I mean, in other words, if, if this didn't happen to me and somebody would tell me that this happened, I would simply not believe them. I would simply, with good faith, I'd say, well, they just can't happen in America. They're just, some, it's not right. It, it just, there is no way because the, this system is not designed to have some things happen, and yet they happen in the bright daylight, people acting with impunity. They injure children. They try to cover up for years. They even go after people winning a jury trial and they prosecute them and they arrest in their People get arrested when the state gets sued. Uh, the, the acts are so egregious, and let me try to, to start describing this act. In fact, this act go as far as, as in order to, to proceed with obstruction of justice to such extent, believe it or not, that um, in, order, in order to cover up this egregious act against my family, my child, me specifically, and, you know, the fact that it had been ongoing, continuous conduct for over a decade, the um, DCYF and New Hampshire uh, Rockingham County Sheriffs actually reported me to uh, immigration authority claiming that I was a legal alien. And they, oh, I was geez. detained as a legal alien despite the fact no, that well, I had point been... No, inf- uh, point of information, citizen. Elena, uh, was, was this after you already you won against them in a courtroom? Exactly. So, so you won exactly. through their own system, which is very rare that anybody wins through their own Extremely system. Extremely rare. In fact, it never happened. And, and, and that, however, that victory happened in 1998. Mm-hmm. Since 1998, um, a lot of other events took place. We started suing the school district, Timberland School District, for not implementing her special education. There was a long special education dispute. We also brought this matter in federal court. There was ongoing prolonged dispute because they would not implement the services which she, need, she needed, and they basically question authority of Tufts Medical Center, the best, the best place in Massachusetts, Jocelyn Diabetic Center, and they try, attempted to substitute their own providers with, with the best providers in the country, or, or one of the best providers. And this went on and on, and then uh, when we basically started opposing the state illegal policies, the school district... Uh, in order to thwart our federal litigation, they um, started making complaints to DCYF. All of them were actually unfounded. And then there was an issue of um, illegal seizure of our daughter and placing her in Bradbury Retreat in Vermont against when did that? Uh, when did they take your, uh, your daughter from you? Was it the second time? Because you already beat them in court. They had already taken her from you in the early 90s. Did you get her back after yeah. you won in court? back pretty soon. We got her back in, in less than 10 days, I 10 see. or 9 days. And then this litigation went on, harassment, threats, and everything. So that seizure lasted for, for under 10 days. It was New Hampshire Supreme Court victory. There was a, um, you know, there was a, a rather unusual ju- jury trial victory in, in Strafford Superior Court. And there was actually a victory in front of their own people in Health and Human Services, which really admonished them for what they were doing, which is rather unusual, mm-hmm. even though they, they themselves were being sued. So it was after so the, the victory that was, you had in court that they decided to continue coming after you, and that's when they took yes. her again from you and took her to some place in Vermont? No, I can't say that, actually. Actually, I, I, I have to say that after 1998, they, they, they kind of came down for a while. And the whole thing got got renewed when we started suing the school 
for for violation of special education laws, state and federal. We started suing the school district, and school district decided to turn the CYF to the CYF to um, twart to to prohibit us from from federal litigation, and they attempted to use this child protective law to basically foreclose this litigation on special education dispute, and that's when they turned to the CYF. And granted, even then. Uh, complaints were numerous, complaints were literally in dozens, and all of these complaints were once again dismissed as unfounded until it was an order to which we, we simply couldn't comply about, about taking her to Vermont uh, against medical advice, and we simply could not comply. And this is then, the, then the, the division decided to file the petition, and this petition was to implement, implement this illegal order via child protective proceedings because they couldn't implement it through New Hampshire Department of Education. You see, they didn't have Mark, are you following all this? Went, I, I, I think I've got it. Um, actually, it, it sounds all right, to me. Well, well, what happened then? What happened then? Then when they took her to this Bradbury retreat. When, how old was she at this wanted, point when they took her to this retreat? Uh, she Bradbury retreat. This this was 2006. She was 15, and that okay. that was against against the doctor, Doctor Mark Sadowski, who is the president of New Hampshire Psychiatric Society, who testified in Bradwood Family Court. I'll tell you what, Elena, we're going to bring you back. I know you've got more time uh, to tell your story. There's obviously a lot to it, and uh, we'll come yes. back with more with Elena Katz, uh, her daughter stolen from her by the Department of Children and Families, working hard to protect you from. Yourself? Working hard to protect the school district's uh, you know, money for, for children with disabilities. That's yeah, what they're tra- working hard to do. There's more coming up here. You can also bring up anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can listen to the show there for free, of course. We've got live streams, webcam, archives, listen lines. It's all completely free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rhys-Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of swordplay instructional videos as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusives. Pick up your copy today and discover our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com for your chance to win one of the many real historical replica swords and lightsabers. That's swordmovie.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. We're back with uh, our guests for the, to, to kick off the show tonight. We don't have guests on the program too uh, too often, but when I heard of this woman's uh, story, I thought, my goodness, people people need to hear about this. They need to realize uh, the things that the, the state is doing in your name with your money to other people's families. And in, your, in some people's cases, it's happened to them because stories like Elena's aren't that uncommon. 
I guess one of the more uncommon things about her case is that she actually did win a court case against the uh, the state of New Hampshire. Uh, Elena, you're back with us. Uh, they they took your yes. child from you. They took your daughter from you uh, back in the early 90s, and it was right after that you uh, you gave birth to her that they that they took her. How did that? Yes, ex- she was five months old. They only kept her for for less than ten days, and they returned her. Everything was dismissed. What were they and accusing you that, of at ca- at that point? Just curious. Well, they were accusing it. The thing is so so silly that uh, I simply made a religious joke, and they they didn't somebody didn't like it, and they reported it, and then it was like a broken line. From one religious joke, it became something completely different, and from it just something I said that has nothing. Somebody so what did they, they uh, said that you came in? You, they came in and took your daughter from you, saying because you made a religious joke and it was misinterpreted or yes, something I like did that. A very, I, I made I made a very sarcastic, very religious joke, and I I am very humorous every now and then, and I get a dry sense of humor. So I made the joke, and they interpreted this joke as, as something very silly, and they took my daughter. And then when they realized they made they made a mistake, and when they realized that. That somebody misrepresented the age of my daughter. She was five months old, and somebody misrepresented she was one year old. And somebody said, "Oh, for for one year old, she doesn't look big enough, and she doesn't look right." Well, of course, for one year old, she didn't look right because she was only five months old. So and they thought she was malnourished they, they or something. Admi- yeah, the, then she admit they admitted they made a mistake because they intentionally misrepresented their the her age. Somebody who made who made a report, they did not even know her age correctly. But when they realized that her age was, everybody understood the mistake. The whole thing was dismissed. When how and, did it get from there they, into a court case? I'm a little fuzzy on that. Well, then. well, the thing is that they continue harassing us and they continue bothering us, and they basically w- would not give up. And um, at that point, we decided to, we decided to sue them for for violation of our parental rights, for seizure, for. Right. For harassment, and then basically, so, you know, when we started suing them, they continued harassing, and that's how right. it progressed. For and, they, and then you won the lawsuit, rights. and then over time, they they left you alone for a little while, but then you sued against the school district, saying they weren't doing what yes. they're supposed to be doing for your yes. your daughter yes. who has that, that, a disability yes, of that, some that sort. Was, that was exactly that was strictly a special education complaint, and was ongoing special education. Uh, problem that they were basically rejecting medical evaluations. They were trying to opine as doctors themselves, basically practice medicine without a license. When they had licensed doctors, they would not accommodate her disability. What do you think their motivations were to do that? Because normally the government likes to position itself as the friend of the downtrodden and the uh, you know the the people that need assistance. What were their what were their motivations in your opinion for uh, for for doing essentially neglecting uh, what you were suggesting she should be the way she should be taken care of? Well, this, this was uh, this this was a long a long going dispute. First of all, the school the, the Timberland school district denied the fact that she had a disability, and uh, that sim- they simply would cro- cross the medical re- reports and saying there is no such disability exists. In fact, they sued the New Hampshire Department of Education when they ordered them to identify her with a disability. That's how the dispute started. And then when they finally identified her with disability, um, you know, they, they actually sued the commissioner, State Board of Education. They actually sued Eleanor for having disability. So the one si- the, 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 the school parents. board is actually suing other governmental agencies is what happened in that, in that yes, case? Yes, and, and the government agencies, after issuing decisions, they finally give up. But we continue this because, because we're resilient in that, that 
if she attends school, she ne- she needs to receive services. Without that services, she simply couldn't function in and school. And what kind of disability and does she have? I don't know if I, that's been made clear. Oh, that that's, um, you know, she was uh, diagnosed with juvenile diabetes at the age of six and a half, and then she was diagnosed with uh, what's called nonverbal learning disability. It's it's a disability within autistic spectrum. Children with this disabilities are highly verbal. They're very intelligent, but they have social deficits, and they require very specific services in order to be able to function in school, and the school had been denying existence of this disability, and this is basically had been going around her right to receive the services. And after, so after you after sued them while, over that, that's when the trouble started again with DCYF, the Department of Children and uh, Families or whatever, yes, Young well, Children. The, tro- the trouble didn't start actually with DCYF on its own. The school district, while we were suing them, they were making multiple reports against us. All of them were unfounded. When we go in front of the school and protest, organize protest of all the parents who are dissatisfied with the school district, mm-hmm. they make a report with DCYF. Right, and the intention of these reports is to get DCYF to come and take your daughter, which is what they ended up doing. They took her to Vermont in 2006 when she was 15. Yes, but it it is interesting that when, uh, despite of the fact that multiple reports were made, and when they interviewed uh, my my daughter, her her name is Eleonora Grodman, they were asking her, why do you think the school is making the report? Why do you think there's really... Are, the, are your parents doing anything wrong? No, said they're not doing anything. So what do you think is the problem? And believe it or not, and then she was only 14 years old, and she was saying, well, the school district is doing this because my mother is a prosecutor. Your mother's a prosecutor? I don't understand. You work for the government? Yes, I was, pro- I was prosecuting the school district. Oh, I was fighting with the school plaintiff. district for her services. So basically she understood and she acknowledged that the only reason they're doing it because we're fighting the school district. So your daughter has the... She's she's not uh, mentally slow or anything like that. Like you said, she's intelligent. So she would have the ability to, to say to these people, hey, what are you doing to me? I would like to stay with my mother, but that doesn't matter. What doesn't matter what she says, right? Yes, and in fact, she's now over 18, and they basically don't allow her to have a voice. And the reason I'm on this show, I want her to have the voice. Only... Only just a few days ago, her father visited her. Uh, DCYF does not allow me to visit her. They prevented how any can they How can mail. they hold her while she's 18? Well, they are holding her because now they they started so-called guardianship petitions, and all of these petitions were done without notice, without services, ex parte. It's worse than in Russia. They come, they come without notice, without service. They seize children without court orders, and then... Then they go to court and they try to justify. And Elena, they, they, we, they have... we need to come back with some more of this. You can hang on, right, and stick with us? Yes, absolutely. Okay, hang I on. Will. More with Elena Katz here. Hang on, Elena. People. Hang on. Calm down. Yes. Hang on. I know this is. Uh, I know there's a lot to get out, but we're nailed to the clock here. So more with Elena in moments. Uh, how can they hold on to somebody after they turn 18? It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, and they include our webcam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com. There's a chat room there as well. You can get interactive with other listeners and watch the show if you want to do that for some reason. It's uh, free, of course, over at cam.freetalklive.com. Critical thinking question. Why would something that's so good for us, like public education, need to be imposed on, a, on us with the use of force and funded with by the use of force? Maybe something else is going on. School Sucks podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. You know, I have a feeling, Mark, if we didn't have government schools, as schoolsucksproject.com would uh, would like to have it, and I would like to have it, uh, if we didn't have government schools, uh, Elena, would you have had as much trouble if there weren't if there weren't a government school district in the first place? If everybody was just you know taking care of their own children and hiring whatever school they wanted to hire or homeschooling and and that kind of thing, because it really has been the school district that has been one of the bigger uh, thorns in your side as far as reporting things to DCYF. I mean, I I don't think DCYF should exist either. But uh, would things have been a little easier for you in the absence of this uh, one size fits all government monopoly school district? Well, we, we realized that in the year 2000 when the school district started, started suing, actually, the Department of Education, and we withdrew our daughter from school and we homeschooled her for about two years under the umbrella of non-private public school. Also, we are both teachers. Uh, we have um, – I have double masters in education and her father has master of education. We have combined 16 years' experience in public schools, and I have um, – experience in a higher education university, and uh, we were homeschooling her, and then when decided to re-enroll her in school, we re-enrolled her in Timberland School District, and at that time, they finally identified her with disability uh, and agreed to provide the services, but they did not do good on their promise and their IP, and we basically were litigating the services, the, the absence of services which she was getting, she was rather not getting, she was supposed to get. And again, when in 2006, we again realized that this fight, while this is going on... Well, wait, wait, point, really... point, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I just want to make sure I'm getting all this clear. Uh, so they did, in the early part of this decade, acknowledge that finally acknowledged that she had the disabilities of uh, diabetes yes. and the uh, the non-speaking learner, or what was it, non-listening? Uh, it, no, no, it's, it's non-verbal. It's actually people with this disability, it's non-verbal. They are extremely verbal. They are highly verbal. Their verbal acuity exceeds by greatly. They are non-verbal acuity. So Meaning it's harder for them to learn without uh, verbalization. It's harder for them to learn in, in other ways. So, well, uh, so, well, they, they, they learn. They, they, they have different mode of learning. Yeah. They, they learn by specifically by verbalization and right. by specific accommodations, without which they really can't function. So basically, and, let me know, see they, if I if I've got this straight. They finally acknowledged those things, which meant that she was at yes. that point classified as a special education student, which meant that she was supposed to yes. receive certain things. They didn't give her that, yes. but they were collecting no. the money for it, weren't they? Yes. They were collecting the money, and not just the fact that they were collecting the money, they were flagrantly refusing to provide her education, include, include her curriculum, withholding all necessary services. You know, they never, they never fought with the fact that she had juvenile diabetes, that that was never an issue, but they, 
often they were not following doctor's orders, often she became sick in school. So it became a situation that we basically realized that she, need, she needed to be homeschooled again, and yeah. we withdrew her from school. And this is why they again filed another complaint with DCYF. When was this? And, when did you? Uh, when was met- the last time you withdrew her from the school? What year was, was We withdrew her from school in, um, in uh, March end of March, beginning of April of 2006, and okay. this is when they filed a complaint with DCYF, but they never questioned our ability to homeschool, the quality to homeschool. They were just saying that we have no right to homeschool her because <laughs> we, we have to put her in Bradbury Retreat in Vermont for an evaluation. Because so, Bay, wait a minute. Now that they've... Wait, so what they're saying is that you have no right to homeschool her because she's been qualified as disabled? Is that what they're... That, that is exactly the that that is exactly one of the biggest issue, and there are many parents Outrageous. who have disabled children who homeschool her and homeschool her very successfully. So at no point they challenged either our ability to homeschool or the fact that she was homeschooled or quality of homeschooling. They right. were just saying because they got a d- decision to put her in out of state mental hospital for evaluation because they believe that she needs to be a residential placement. But when she got out of that hospital. My gosh. That, 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 their own evaluators by themselves stating that she does not need an evaluation. She, she received an evaluation, but she does need residential placement. And the judge returned her to our custody. And then they continued again and again. They, they <sighs> continued this multiple seizures. They broke in our house with several police forces. People had taser guns. Oh, my they were gosh. guardianship petitions that, that were they ne- never served. They were ex parte petitions. That they... They were saying all kinds of outrageous things, and you can just see the synopsis of my story on YouTube.com. You can see Soviet refugee, American refugee, and that was just ten minutes video. That was introduction. Yeah, I saw that uh, earlier the, tonight. So basically, yeah, I found it compelling. The, basically, they uh, they took your daughter from you because they said you couldn't homeschool her because she's been qualified as disabled uh, special needs and so therefore we need to take care of her she's right. basically a ward of the state well uh, and, and, and she's, a, yes. she's a little gold mine of the, for the state too exactly so they, if they keep her on oh, their little yes. their their system then they keep cashing in from the federal government and whatever state programs are sending money to the schools to uh, to have these oh, special ed programs oh. is that right oh it gets better than that it's interesting thing that this school district uh, this school actually were billing the federal government even while she was homeschooled. And we actually were receiving the reports from school. <laughs> and we reported them for federal fraud. And that's when the real problem started. At that point, it became retaliation war. Yeah. And then, it's interesting enough, even DCYF withdrew their petition, which, which was rather unusual, actually, by itself, because they say there is no merit. Actually, we have our own state evaluators saying, yeah, she has a disability, but there is no reason that she should be in a state institution. Parents can homeschool her. Then the school went to the local Department of Education and again asked for her residential placement. And Department of Education again dismissed their complaint. Elena, how old again. is your daughter right now? It's 2010. How old is she, she today? She is now 18 and a half, and they, they're detaining her under so-called guardianship. And the guardianship situation in the uh, United States is worse than Archipelag Gulag in Russia. It was in Russia. This is a secret this is a secret proceeding usually, guardianship initiated. Then sometimes it proceeds to a hearing, sometimes it's not. And it's not only for people under eighteen. It can be as it can be for elderly, it can be for disabled, it can be basically for anybody. The state state's guardianship is the state's ownership. Wow. It's a modern 
modern type of slavery. It's a guardianship gulag. I would like to specifically appear in the story because I know today we just have have an introduction so people understand what's happening. But the guardianship is not only for children under 18, not for juvenile, not for people over 18, over 21. It's for anybody who has a disability or can be looked at having any kind of disability or any kind of incapacity. So basically the, the state space. just waves its magic wand and, and says, uh, you're disabled yes. and just decides that you, they own you and they'll do whatever That's they it. want with you. So is she in that Vermont That's camp it. still today? No, no. She was released from that Vermont Vermont uh, um, hospital actually in 26 days. Where is we she being held right the- now? She's being held in Crochet Mountain against her will. She's very upset. She wants to go home. And every time she expresses desire to go home, they give her extra doses of psychiatric medication. She's oh my drugged gosh. literally to death. She's drugged literally to death. What is what is a, they what do they have up at Crotchet Mountain? Is it a, like a mental hospital or something? No, no. Crochet Mountain is not a mental hospital. And they realize they can't call him a mental hospital because there was no doctor who ever ordered. That is... That is residential educational placement, and the school district is paying for it, the New Hampshire Department of Education is paying it, and then DCYF is so-called guardianship. and has So a what is it, a, like a home and, for people that are under guardianship, basically, not a mental hospital? Well, it, it's, um, you know, Crotchet Mound is basically it's like a rehabilitative center, and they have, they have like a, a school facility there, which, which I never been there. I can't, I can't. So their, their plan is to just hold her there until field. further notice. Uh, is Elena, we're going to bring you back for one more segment here, so hang on. Uh, 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for Elena, uh, now would be a good time to call in with it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's a tragedy. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board with the program, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom, because, boy, do they need it. Uh, as we're explaining here, we're talking with uh, Elena Katz here tonight. She is one of many parents in this country that have been harassed endlessly by the people calling themselves the Department of Children and Families or whatever variant uh, you might happen to have in your local state. So if you want to help out Free Talk Live, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, and it makes a big difference for us. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
Now, Elena is back with us telling her just absolutely horrible story. Uh, you came here back in the 1980s escaping from Russia. You went through whatever the legal hoops were to become a legal uh, U.S. Uh, citizen. And uh, they came after you uh, despite the fact that, uh, you know, you're well-educated and uh, sounds you, you've got a t- master's in teaching or something like that. Two of them. Yeah, I mean, you and your husband, uh, they've, they've come after you relentlessly because your daughter has some disabilities. She's... Uh, She's got uh, a, a juvenile diabetes. Uh, she also has a, a nonverbal learning disability. And uh, it's just been an absolute nightmare with court case after court case, them abducting your child. You compare them to the KGB. You even said that the KGB uh, were nicer folks because at least they didn't go after the, uh, the children. Uh, in this case, they have taken your daughter from you a number of times. In fact, now she's over 18 years old, and that hasn't stopped them. Even though she's old enough to – she's uh, cognizant, she's intelligent, she's able to make decisions, she's able to speak clearly to people, she can decide that she wants to be somewhere or not be somewhere. She doesn't want to be in the state's custody, but yet they've taken complete control of her. They're holding her in a place in New Hampshire called Crotchet Mountain, and it's some sort of a, a state facility that is it's not a it's not a mental facility, but it's just kind of a state housing rehabilitation facility. And who knows how long they're going to be holding her there. What else does our audience need to know about this, Elena? The audience needs to know that if they don't step if they don't stand up for their rights, it's going to happen to them. Mm. And they don't even have to have disabled children. They can have elderly parents. And this is the state of New Hampshire Gulag. This is a scary experience of being a resident of the state, New Hampshire, that will go endlessly against the people, not just because they have children with disability or elderly, because the parents are fight. People are standing for their rights, whatever the rights may be, whether it's education, whether they're civil rights, whatever they're parental rights. And what I want to tell you, uh, the state even at, even brought ten indictments against us, uh, charging us, claiming the state is a parent. Actually, I mean this is not a joke. I'm not joking. I'm not saying they have parent patria. They do have a parent patria, you know, in in. To, to anybody, but they actually are taking lit- this literally. They charged us criminally for being parents, and they claiming that the state is a parent. And when the state, well, actually, the court dismiss one indictment after another, they come with new indictments. They're right, because it doesn't cost the them anything. That's an important point to make here. It doesn't cost the state agency anything to bring indictments against you, but it costs you time and money to defend yourself against this nonstop onslaught of, uh, of state aggression. And I agree with you, Elena. This, it goes right back to what uh, Pastor Martin E. Muller said back in uh, the World War II times, where he wrote a, po- a wonderful poem uh, that essentially says, first they came for the communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I didn't stand up uh, you know, and defend them. Uh, and then they came for the trade unionists, and then they came for this. And, and so if people don't stand up for other people when they are having a tough time, when the state is coming after them and their family or their business or whatever it is that the issue is, then eventually there will be no one else left to stand up for them. Now, it's my understanding we've talked off the air. I talked to you earlier today and, and yesterday, and uh, you know we encouraged you to get involved in the activist community up here because luckily – uh, this is happening in New Hampshire. I mean, these tra- these tragic stories happen all across the country. We've heard story after story of uh, these departments 
of children and families abusing people and stealing children and doing hor- horrible things to families all around this country. Luckily, there are liberty-minded people, as you probably know, that are moving here to New Hampshire on an almost weekly basis. These are people, some of them are bringing their families with them, some of them are single people, but they're coming up here because they care about freedom, because they care about individual rights and the ability to control your own life. Uh, these are the people that are, are – there's no better group of folks in the world to uh, to ally yourself with. Uh, in it, a circumstance like this. Yeah, it's, in any circumstance well, where the state well, is aggressing. So let, I know th- let, me, let me make a joke, Jan. When I moved to Massachusetts, I thought that I will, I will get my daughter from New Hampshire because we simply couldn't live here because the harassment was ongoing. Uh, we actually moved to Massachusetts, became Massachusetts, Massachusetts uh, residents, and then I was illegally, believe it or not – extradited by the governor's warrant back to New Hampshire. And my God, New Hampshire did not know what they gift they did to me by bringing me back to New Hampshire. There is no better, there is no better place than fight for freedom. Although I yeah. am a Massachusetts resident who had been illegally extradited to New Hampshire because uh, they claimed there was a criminal complaint filed against me and there was no criminal complaint filed. I was, I was transported like, like, uh, like a governor himself by, on the, based on the fraud on two governors claiming that I was a fugitive felon because um, I so-called kidnapped my daughter from, from <laughs> her parents, the state of New Hampshire, and they claimed that her father did it. We both were arrested for parental kidnapping, and the state oh claimed gosh. to be the third parent. But what I'm trying to tell you, the state of New Hampshire, with all its downsides, it does have a great good people. There is a legislature involved in our case. There is a uh, petitions to redraft the grievances in front of legislature pending. Uh, there is a great great group of people in the New Hampshire legislature, like Representative Dan Itza from Fremont, Representative Ingridson. There are a number of victims of people who are becoming vocal. And again, there is no better place to be vocal than to be in New Hampshire. Although you know, you mentioned you uh, Dan Itza. Uh, he's uh, both of those uh, New Hampshire state reps are some of the higher-rated uh, New Hampshire reps by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And that was one of the websites yes. that I gave you. NHLiberty.org is a great uh, organization. Yes. It's a very political organization that has a lot of good effect. They're out there really getting active, uh, and they're making a big difference uh, here in the state. And I know that Dan Itza is actually going to be one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty. Forum, uh, and so I know that you've gone over to the New Hampshire uh, nhliberty.org. They've got a forum there. It's my understanding you've registered for an account. Uh, you've also, I think, probably gone to nhfree.com's forum uh, and registered for an account there. And and that's that I think is going to be the best thing that you can do is to plug yourself into the community of activists here as much as possible. Get to know them and uh, and you know and then encourage them to to uh, to help you out in in the ways that uh, that you need it because these are really some some wonderful people. And some very dedicated activists, and many of them are just uh, itching to, uh, you know, attach themselves to a cause uh, like this. I, I would think, at least, I think that'll be your most effective thing. And I know that you're looking to launch a website uh, for your daughter. We're not going to mention what that is because you haven't gotten it up there yet. Uh, but once that does happen, uh, I'd hope you'll get back in touch with us. You'll post uh, and you'll let us know so we can let our listeners know so they can come over and and learn more uh, from from your own website. Is there anything else that would uh, that we need to communicate tonight? Yes, I would like any, any listeners to support Eleonora because Eleonora is not allowed to have a voice. She's not allowed to, to talk. She's not allowed to write. I'm not allowed to visit her. Oh. And in fact, the hiker who was in Crochet Mountain just hiking the summer was arrested on the belief that she was me, believe it or not. Can wow. you imagine that? That's crazy. But, 
It, it is, but the main thing is Eleanor is not allowed to have any contact with the community or friends. She's being kept as a hostage, as a prisoner. She's very upset. She doesn't understand why any person who lives in a free society should be living, living like this. Absolutely. She knows that she's not in Russia. She knows she's in the, in the free um, society, but she knows... So, it the, sounds the to me, Elena, is, that... Uh, it sounds to me like... I, I know that some of these... Some of the activists, like the uh, the NHLiberty.org forum, are going to be like the more political side, but if you go to NHFree.com, uh, if you go to forum.NHFree.com and you uh, post there, you'll find more of the civil disobedience protest-style uh, activists. I bet they'd love to go up to uh, that facility at Crotchet Mountain and hold a nice little protest in their lobby or something like that and give those bureaucrats this will uh, be wonderful. This a little will be bit of wonderful. trouble. We had protests in front of Bradbury Retreat. It was in the front of page of the news. And then the CYS were trying to say that we're crazy because we're exercising our... Yes, it's absolutely crazy to love your daughter and do everything within your power to uh, to try to get her back to you. Elena, I want to thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with our audience here tonight, and we will definitely keep them in the loop, and hopefully you'll keep us in the loop, and send me an email when there's something, uh, when you've got your website up so we can let our listeners know. Will you do that for me? Yes, I will. Thank you very much thank for you so much. to be present at your show. Absolutely, and good night and good luck. I'm so sorry to hear about your story, but I'm glad that you're here in New, uh, in New Hampshire so our activists can, uh, can hopefully help you out with that. And thank you and good night, Elena. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Don't think it can happen to you? You just aren't paying attention. Hour two's coming up. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Money talks, and it sounds just like Jim Cramer. I'm Cramer. Money talks, and sometimes it shouts when the results speak for themselves. Investors worldwide follow Jim Cramer's advice on TV, in books, and on websites like thestreet.com. And whether the market's up, down, or sideways, Jim's always hunting down a bull market. And now you can follow Cramer's portfolio at getcramer.com. Okay, here's how it works. Every time I buy or sell, I will email you ahead of time. Did you hear me? Ahead of time. It's like, if you can read, you can read my mind. My portfolio, fueled by my great research, is designed to deliver success. And I'll share it with you at GetKramer.com. Today, you can sign up for two weeks of free access to Kramer's Picks and Portfolio. Just go to GetKramer.com and enter code word FREE. GetKramer.com free today. Go to GetKramer.com. Code word free. Talk Live, we're launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Right into your phone calls and the fun Jeremy's been waiting patiently in Canada Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just listening to uh, your podcast from last night. Which you started off uh, making some comparisons between Canadian and American gun control laws. Yes, and sir. I wanted to see if I could correct what uh, you know, seemed to be some misconceptions about gun control in Canada. By all means. Yeah, there was... uh, what I heard from Mark you know, a couple of times there, a phrase to the effect of uh, the government got rid of all the guns. That I knew uh, was not true, and I so think I'm I sure called both him on of you... that. Both of you realize that's obviously impossible. You know, no matter what they write down on paper, the guns will not all magically disappear. It was handguns that they banned, wasn't it? Or uh, I actually, 
I actually own five semi-automatic handguns myself. I am a, a legal licensed gun owner. I have legally registered guns. What they do have here is a theoretically a universal gun registry. Uh, they are not, however, prohibited. Almost anyone without uh, violent criminal history can get uh, get the license to. Own where, where did you hear this, Mark? That Canada banned well, guns. Well, um, y- you can you can have them, but they must be stored, unloaded. You can transport. You can you can only transport them unloaded in a locked case, as if an unloaded gun is going to jump up and start shooting people. Um, with the ammunition in a separate locked case, um, all handguns are tracked through a registry and. Um, they, they, they fall into a, a special category if they're semi-automatic in some ways. Is that, that all sound true? Right, right to you, Jeremy? Uh, except, for, except for that very last part. That's actually quite accurate. Uh, semi-automatic handguns and uh, and revolvers are, are restricted in the same manner. It's no no different. Okay. Um, so, obviously, if you can if you can own these firearms, someone inclined to commit some kind of you know dangerous act with them is not in any way prohibited by the law from taking their gun and sticking it in the back of their pants and going out in public with it. Um, so you, you know, can't carry, illegal, but you can't carry a gun. You can't keep a gun in your home loaded uh, to protect the, the home. So I mean, you know, if the if the the home invaders are kicking on the uh, the the door chain there, trying to open things in, you're going to be like, hold on, got to put the nine millimeters in the Glock. Well, right? no, absolutely, and that that you know perfectly uh, demonstrates there that it is really victim disarmament only the. The people not inclined to commit crimes with the guns are prevented from doing so by a Well, a right. Law I mean, like presuming that. that you're actually going to follow that law, right? I mean, how many people actually are going to do that? Because what can they, can they can they come by and just check your house at any time to make sure you're in compliance if you're a registered uh, user? There are certain conditions for people with very high numbers of guns or who claim uh, certain reasons for owning guns, such as uh, collecting, uh, in which cases they can be uh, they can be inspected. Uh, it's pretty unusual, though, even for those people where they're technically permitted but, to do so. So, Jeremy, you would say that the gun laws, um, although it's the handguns aren't banned in Canada, that comparative to many of the uh, the more gun freedom-oriented states in the United States, that it, it's it, like it, it, it's a lot worse to own a handgun. In uh, certainly, yeah, it's definitely more restricted. There are uh, handguns under a certain barrel length are actually prohibited, and the only people who can legally own them are the people who owned them before the law came into effect. <laughs> Um, but and, and unless you happen to be designated as a uh, uh, what's what's the term a native uh, Canadian or something like that, um, <clears throat> essentially Inuit or or, or whatever, um, in which case you can own any kind of weapon you want, right? There are definitely there are exceptions for uh, certain native groups, from my understanding. I'm I'm not interesting. So I, know, I don't I don't know about that directly. You should you uh, should go and get to be one. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to figure out how to how to get that. Um, I was wondering, actually, if either of you guys have seen the uh, Michael Moore movie, uh, Bowling for Columbine. I, I think I saw most of it in the past, and he does take a look at the the issue of uh, why violence is more prevalent in the United States than it is in Canada. And I think when he took a look at that, he was comparing Canada in its – basically, he kind of made the statement that the the gun laws were similar in some places. Is that right? In many ways, they are similar. The one thing he does in that movie is he goes to Canada and he visits a gun club and sees some people who are shooting handguns at this gun club, and and basically points out that you know there is gun ownership in Canada, not to the same percentage as the United States, but it, you know we do have some, and yet we don't have the same statistical issues with violence. And you know, the movie gets kind of irritating after that point when he acknowledges that the guns are not the problem, and then goes on to advocate, you know, pro- prohibition of guns and restrictions on ammunition. And and, and then he goes like and that. picks on poor old Charlton Heston, who yeah, can't even, uh, just doddering old man at that point uh, in his life, and he didn't really have 
It it's, really it's the, the one you know intelligent observation I noted in that movie. That movie actually is what inspired me to go get my firearms license, and you know, when <laughs> I, it showed me that guns were not prohibited in Canada. Uh, hmm. Ironically, um, but yeah, he does, he does make the observation there that it's not the guns, obviously, that cause the crime, or else there would be some statistically proportionate uh, uh, violence with guns in Canada, and there isn't. And then yeah, I, I mean, kudos to him for the intellectual honesty to be able to say that as what do you somebody pay who's to the clearly go- against them. What do you got to pay to the government on an annual basis to be able to keep uh, keep firearms and protect your family in Canada? It's not actually, there's no uh, annual fees. I think there used to be before I even got my license, but there aren't now. I think it cost me less than $100 to get my license in the first place. Any idea uh, why um, why gun crime in Canada might be lower, in your opinion, than it is in uh, in the United States? You know, honestly, I've, I've tried speculating on that myself, and the, the one big difference I see is, and, and perceive as perhaps related, though I couldn't say exactly how, is the population density. We've That's got what I'm one, seeing, too. one-tenth the people in a larger country here. But wait a minute. And what about comparing, and I mean, has anybody ever done this, comparing, I'm sure someone has, you know, com- comparing Toronto or some other highly dense populated area in Canada to something comparable to, in the United mm-hmm. States, you know, well, Buffalo that's, that's, that's or whatever? The other the other half of it, certainly Toronto and Vancouver, the, the big cities where there is high population density, they do have the highest uh, amount of violence with firearms. Or but I wonder how they violence. compare to, say, a New York City or, you know, I guess Buffalo is probably a little closer to Toronto. I mean, how do mm-hmm. they how did they compare as far as finding finding some place in Canada with gun restrictions that are similar to another urban zone in the United States and actually looking to see, is there a difference in violent crime? And is there a difference in violent crime in general or is it just gun-related crime? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. You know, I, I haven't personally been the victim of or the, the person to commit any violent crimes. I don't have any direct experience. From what I've heard, there there is, you know, it is a, um, there are certain kinds of crimes, violent crimes that are more likely in Canada even. Uh, uh, home invasions are more likely uh, apparently in Canada, which makes sense. You know, people have no fear of, of armed citizens here like they do in many places in the States. You know, this is, but the way the laws are, um, the, the way this law is written and enforced, essentially they do have um, the, the pretty, a pretty similar fear as they do in most uh, places in the United States, is that you've paid your money to have a handgun. Um, granted, you're supposed to store that handgun without bullets in it, but nobody in their right mind's going to do that. Um, you, might, yeah. you might put a trigger lock on it, or you might put it up on the, the top of, uh, in, in your closet or whatever, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what happens when somebody shoots a burglar or a um, a home invader or something like that in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you would have to be able to justify how accessible that gun was and, and why you were able to do that. And, you know, myself, my firearms are not encased in cement, but they're also not on my hip, you know, when I'm at home. It is it is something I'd have to go get. And, sure. And, and load, so it's, it's what, a little slower. I, I, um, if uh, you know, I don't know how it is where you live or anything like that, but uh, where I live, I have enough room on my property that you know we people come to my property and shoot on my property. Um, so it's okay, um, you know, here where you know to target practice on your own property, so you could be mm-hmm. you know just ready to go out and take the gun out for target practice or, or whatever. I was just, and, funny know, thing, I was just going out. Certainly in a rural enough area. I don't live in such a rural area, but if you were here, you could definitely shoot on your own property if you do so safely. And um, technically, you cannot shoot a handgun except at an approved range uh, in Canada. Ah. But some people can get their own property approved as a range by the government. And, and no, I bet so. that's cheap. 
Uh, I don't think there's uh, many costs to it as long as you only intend to use it yourself. It's, yeah. You know, fill out but the paperwork stumbling through all of the government paperwork is, uh, is always a joy. Right. Well, I, I think more people would just shoot on their own property without even asking than would go through those steps. Jeremy, yeah. I want to thank you for calling in with the clarification tonight and being so patient. He waited through the entire Elena interview. So thank you for the thank call you, tonight. I appreciate hey, no problem. I'm happy to sir. clear up those common misconceptions yes. if I can. <laughs> well done, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are invited to take control of the airways. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Got another story coming up here uh, since we started the show talking about the Department of Children and Families. This doesn't actually have to do with that particular bureaucracy, but it does have to do with the way the government treats children, specifically inside the government schools. It has to do with a first grader and handcuffs. We'll explain in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free. Uh, so enjoy those, including our news updates. Uh, you can go to news.freetalklive.com to get linked up with various different ways to get the latest about Free Talk Live. We've got our email updates, the Twitter account, the Free Talk Live Facebook page. All of those are different ways for you to get uh, the latest info about the show. So just go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up for one or all three if you really want to. It's all free, of course. All right, we continue here uh, with the, the the little bit of info about the Liberty Forum. There's going to be a lot happening the weekend of March 18th through the 21st in Nashua, New Hampshire at the Crown Plaza Hotel. The schedule is packed full of all kinds of interesting things to do and see. Lots of different speakers going to be giving presentations, and it's going to be hard in, in many cases to choose uh, which one to go see because there's just that many great people, that uh, liberty-minded people that will be speaking at the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's a great excuse to come up to New Hampshire during some of the coldest portions of, uh, of the year and spend some time with Hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people during this convention, uh, which is great. There are, as I said, panel discussions. Uh, there are speeches, keynote addresses, dinners. There's a brunch, I think, on Sunday morning. Uh, Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live from the entire event Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. We're going to be there broadcasting live. Well, I say we. I mean we as in the general show, including Mark and whatever co-host you end up having on, because I'll only be actually there on Thursday night. Unfortunately, I have to be in New York City that weekend for a, for a talkers convention but i am That's so right. bummed Mark about edge it off the chain i am so bummed about it because uh the the liberty forum is a fantastic event and of course one of the more fun things about the liberty forum is the fact that well this is the liberty people that, that do this they they are they're self-starters they're entrepreneurs so if they feel like there's a something that needs to be done that maybe wasn't on the official schedule they just start their own thing as an example there's the alternatives expo that goes on the almost the entire time uh in a couple of the hotel rooms that they have upstairs usually there's all kinds of different presentations 
conversations that you won't find on the downstairs level. You won't find in the official forum covering various different alternative sorts of uh, topics from alternative energy uh, to alternative living. I mean, Mark, you've been to some of these things. I love them. I go every time. Uh, Alternative currencies. Right. They they talk about just essentially alternatives to everything, Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, how to do your own gardening, caring for BA berries, uh, you know, doing uh, ham radio stuff, uh, how to get off the grid as far as electricity goes. I, I can't. I, I mean, just everything. And and last year and and every year now the, the parties just keep getting bigger and uh, and more fun. There was one year where they tried to shut us down at 1 a.m. and they were actually successful. The hotel because there's some law that says you can't like drink in public places after 1 a.m. I don't know what the law is, but anyway, they didn't. They uh, they were a little worried, but they tried to shut us down that year and they, they were successful. But last year the parties just went till late into the I the loved it. <laughs> last year was hilarious. There's a guy. They were they had a drum circle last year. Down in the lobby of in this posh of, hotel. Right, in the funny. posh hotel in the, it was crazy. Yeah, it was great. And so it's just going to keep getting better. Uh and plus, let's see. Oh yeah, there's from what I understand there's going to be a 420 celebration on Saturday afternoon uh at the uh, the Liberty Forum, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And again, I'm so bummed because I won't be there on Saturday until like midnight until I can get back from New York. So you guys are going to have to have all the fun without me. Go to uh, Free State Project org slash liberty forum get registered use the free talk live discount code to save 10 percent. the discount code is ftl so freestateproject.org slash liberty forum get your tickets while they're still available grab the hotel room while it's still available because you don't want to be you know having to get a ride from somebody if you end up getting too inebriated and you have to deal with all that stuff better to just go stumble up to your hotel room and crash for the night so, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we continue here uh, with your phone calls, Joe is in Canton listening to WCER. Hello, Joe. Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. I want, my wife and I went through a similar experience with Elena and I went through. That, that's tough. A with tough. a DCF or Department of Children and Families coming after you? Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. What did or they do to you? like three or four years to try to get her kids back. They had your kids for three or four years? Yeah. I, you know, I want listeners to just try to imagine what this is like. To, the government comes the money, and takes money, the time and effort to try to get them back, time off of work, and yep. everything else. Well, I, I wonder, um, you know, I mean, some people have better experiences with the foster care system than yeah. others do. Um, what, what, I mean, what kind of lasting effects did your, your kids have? They end from? up with foster kids, uh, foster parents that abuse them. Boy, what a shock. How many times have we heard that story, that foster parents are just neglectful or worse, abusive uh, towards the children that they're they're tasked with? Well, there was a case in Cleveland that uh, the parents wouldn't get their kids uh, vaccinated or prescriptions, so they arrested the parents. And then the drugs killed one of the children and damaged the others. Oh, wow. And they turned around and sued the CSB, the county, and the drug companies. Did they win? Yeah. Wow, that's a shock. So I, I, it's probably a county-by-county county issue on each of these things. It's probably not just statewide. It probably varies by county. How did you get your kids back after the three or four years? Oh, go through a lot of counseling and all this and that. So you basically had to jump through whatever hoops they put up. It wasn't a yeah, court win? Yep, yep, yep. Amazing. Well, you, I mean, what are you, you're going to do whatever it takes to get your kids right? back. I mean, right? if you can't afford the lawyer, then you'll have to jump through their hoops, right? Yep. I'm so well, sorry to hear that. T- spending time off work to do it and losing money. Right. Anyways, uh, I was talking about the uh, Jerry Lewis Miracle Telethon. They've got to do some good in the medical field in those areas, aren't they? The Jerry Lewis Telethon. You know uh, those Miracle Telethon things you uh, you ever seen on television? I, I'm f- I'm generally familiar with them. You're, you're from s- what? 
You're asking they if they do things that are good, or it's just infant, infant death syndrome and so forth. Right. Is your question whether or not they are actually effective at, uh, yeah. at raising money to help kids? Yes, they're yeah. effective. Well, I mean, the well, question is, does the money actually go to help kids, or is it going to overhead? I, I don't know. I don't know much about their organizations. Is that what your concern I'm is? That, that, I mean, getting help for children with different disabilities and so forth, it's got to be doing more good than it is harm. You would think so, yeah. I mean, clearly, uh, those are organizations that are privately run, and so therefore they're less likely to be as uh, as bureaucratic and have as much overhead as any sort of governmental uh, assistance organization would. However, within the spectrum of private organizations, some are better than others. Uh, when you go and look at uh, different relief groups like you know the Red Cross in comparison to the Salvation Army, you'll find out that the Salvation Army, as I understand it, spends their money much more effectively than than the Red Cross does because the Red Cross is so big, so bureaucratic, and so connected to the state. So I can't speak to what Jerry Lewis's organization does. I don't know the details. But when looking at private organizations, it does make sense to dig a little deeper and find they out. They deal with, with leukemias and all types of other problems like that. I give to uh, St. Jude's um, more uh, St. Uh, St. Jude, excuse me, hospital in uh, I think it's in Tennessee, but yeah. they they handle uh, you know kids with cancer. Um, I, I give to them on a, re- a relatively regular basis. Do they have much of that in the Northeast? I don't know. I, I found St. Jude to be a uh, an organization that I liked, so I don't to, donate to that Is one. Are there many of uh, those types of organizations in northeastern states? I, I don't I, know. I can't answer. I that. couldn't tell you, but you've got people that are compassionate everywhere across the world, so I'd imagine that you'd find similar organizations or you know chapters of national organizations all across this country. I, I wouldn't think that those would not be here for any reason. What do you think about the, when I mentioned the, uh, the family wanted a case in Cleveland? Especially if it killed one of the children. I, I, I'm, I'm very sad that the, uh, that their child died, and I'm glad yeah. that they got some kind of, uh, you know, recovery. Yeah. I'm, and I'm surprised. All the more reason to drastically downsize uh, the size of government, if not get rid of it uh, entirely. Thank you so much for the call and the thoughts tonight. I'm sorry to hear uh, what happened to your, uh, to your family because of the state. 800-259-9231. Of course, it adds insult to injury that you had to pay for the stealing of your own child through your taxes. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. A 21-year-old old girl standing in a public bus stop at 11.30 in the morning is grabbed and pulled into the bushes and raped. A large dog viciously attacks a 19-year-old jogger. In a split second, she incapacitates the attacker. The, the difference? The Tiger Light uh, T100 non-lethal defense system, the world's leading non-lethal personal protection device. I've got one. Keep it with me in the vehicle. Carry it with me. It's the Tiger Light. You can go check it out at tiger.freetalklive.com. It's pretty awesome. Tiger.freetalklive.com. 
All right, we continue with your phone calls about what you want. John is in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Yes, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Not a problem, John. What's um, on your mind tonight? Um, I, I would encourage people to, to uh, Google something. It's called, uh, Who Will Govern the Governors? It's a quote from Thomas Jefferson. And there's a picture there that they may enjoy. And there's something I, I appreciate your uh, bringing up the uh, issue about the right to bear arms. And I w- just for the audience to consider this, um, when someone is uh, convicted of using a firearm in a crime and, and hurting someone, who goes to jail, the person or the firearm? And, and, and that's something that I, uh, I would uh, ask them to, to contemplate. Yep. I mean, if you, uh, you know, firearms obviously are, are just a tool and they can be used in uh, good and bad uh, ways. Right. But, but again, the law recognizes the person, not the weapon. Sure. And that's extremely relevant, I, I would say. You know, I, I, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're on the air there on Saturday nights, right? No, I didn't know that. What, what station? Uh, WCHV? Uh, AM? Uh, there's both. They actually have an FM translator, and they're on AM, so uh, WCHV. Oh, I'm, I will definitely. What night was that? Uh, Saturday nights. You can get our show, uh, you know, I think, all full three hours uh, live on the air and in Charlottesville. It's, it's great. Oh, I will have to do my best. I will hunt that down. Yeah, when, um, you, when you get a chance to, uh, to, to, uh, to do it, give a call to the station once you hear us on the air and uh, thank the program director for putting us on. I definitely will. Go ahead with uh, your I thoughts, John. I think you have a fantastic show. There's something about firearms. Uh, I, you know, we we don't like guns in our society uh, for many reasons. They're just, you know, they're they're designed to to inflict harm. However, the ultimate power res, uh, is, is reservoir is in the people. And I recently went up to Tom. I go up to Thomas Jefferson's house, Monticello, here in Charlottesville all the time. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the man. And they used to have an old vis- visitor center here, and they had a uh, display called The Contents of Jefferson's Pockets. And in there was a pistol. Uh, and there's quotes from Thomas Jefferson talking about shooting sports, and he favored it above sports involving footballs and stuff like that. I don't know, foot- not football, ball sports. But uh, they built a new visitor center. The, the pistol's not there, and there is no indication of its absence. So the set has changed. School yeah. buses full of kids go there constantly. In my opinion, maybe I'm crazy, there seems to be a deliberate effort to erase these fundamentals of, of uh, American foundation. Indeed. They, 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 totally. It's, it's, it, that's the intent, is to erase from people's minds the idea that they might be able, not, that, that, that it's their responsibility to protect themselves and their family. Um, well, and, government doesn't want you to be responsible for yourself. Government wants to uh, to essentially uh, take your responsibility yeah, they want to from you. incapacitate you. you. And, uh, the government can really only help people that won't help themselves. Right, and there's so many examples of this. I mean, not just in uh, the area of self-defense, but also in, uh, for instance, jury nullification. It's a great example of one of the the, the rights of uh, individuals in this uh, in this country to essentially judge a court case based on how they feel about the law, not whether or not the law was broken, but uh, but on their feelings about whether or not the law is just. And uh, and they've they've eliminated instructions to the jury on jury nullification for over well over a hundred years at this point, uh, simply because they want to keep Americans in the dark about what their true their their true rights are. Absolutely. Here's another one for you. In in Virginia, 
you don't need a license to do what, what I will describe now. You can go and buy yourself a 9mm 15-round pistol, strap it on your belt, and walk around, go into a bank, anywhere you want with that gun. You don't need a license. Now, think about this. The, recently, we had one of the hugest mass murders in this state at the campus in Blacksburg. Is that Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech? Yeah. Right. That was one of the only places that could have happened in this state mm-hmm. because the gun laws here are so, quote, unquote, liberal. Well, in fact, it's happened again uh, tonight or today in Huntsville, Alabama. Apparently, there's been another. I don't know very much. All solves the headlines. We're going to look into it a little further next hour because we're actually on in Huntsville in our third hour. Uh, but it's happened again. Again, another situation where it's a gun-free zone and some madman comes in with a gun and just starts t- p- taking people out. Didn't they know that it was a gun-free zone? My God, these madmen are running around going in gun-free zones with guns. Ain't that the truth? It's, it's, it's so silly. I spoke to uh, one of my neighbors, excellent guy. We were talking about this issue, which I'm really glad you guys brought up. Recently, we had a uh, sheriff north of Charlottesville. I don't know if I should name the county. Is that okay on your show or not? Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. It was a, I believe it was Green County. The sheriff uh, shot himself. He, he, he shot himself. He left a note. They went and they found him. He lived about a day at a, at a uh, university hospital near here, and he passed away. Hmm. And it's tragic. I'm, I, I, it's terrible. But at the same time, we have to reflect and realize, hey, we can't expect the police to be the sanest people among us or any of us. <laughs> Everybody's a human being infallible. Mm. And yeah, well, anybody that ever dealt with the police knows that they've got I, some big problems. Anybody that's couldn't ever known one personally, couldn't well, agree with you not more. One, not one, I mean, that, but yeah, there, there's yeah, some but, of them that have their heads on straight, but a lot of them are uh, violent, uh, alcoholic, sadistic uh, psychopaths. Happens. Well, look at the tasering inc- incidents. You know, the tasers were supposed to be a um, non-lethal um, weapon to be used in place of firearms. Now they're used willy-nilly. And I don't see any drop in, in police shootings. You know, it's oh. always death. You are absolutely correct, John. Thank you so much for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And hey, to all of our internet listeners that enjoy this program and for whatever reason didn't realize uh, we might be on the uh, the radio waves in your local area, go to affiliates.freetalklive.com. You can get a full list of all 65 of our radio affiliates. An expansive list. I mean, 65, that's a lot of, of, of affiliates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can see where we are located. In fact, you can go to radio.freetalklive.com. You can actually see a map of all all the transmitters a really cool have. map yeah i i like it it's a neat little feature so i mean odds are that wherever you are we're not on the air because it's only 65 it's not like rush limbaugh with 600 plus yeah. uh, affiliates 650 um, yeah Ten but times uh, as many. hey we're all right we're 10 we're a tenth of the way there already I and mean, also i imagine with rush limbaugh that he has the clout that he he can demand that a station carry all three hours of his show whereas yeah. you know with free talk live one of the ways that we've managed to get on 65 stations is by being flexible and offering whatever service the radio station needs and I think that we're always going to be that way because I always want my stations to, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do it though because um, a station, one station will uh, 
you know, want to carry them, and the other station will want to carry us. And so you're going to have to, you can't just, you know, be kind to the station. You can't let one station carry an hour on Saturday, the other station, you know, um, three stations in town, one of them gets to carry us. No, Tuesday, no, but Wednesday, what I'm saying Thursday. is, if, if a station wants to take the show and all they can take is an hour, then that's what I'm, that's what they're going to do. What I'm if the station force across, them to take? What if the station across the street says, we'll take the show and we'll take two hours? Well, then, then obviously the station that's willing to take the most, I think, would uh, would, would. Do you really us. think that's fair to do the first station that came along? I think that that is fair. That's the marketing competition. Right. Well, absolutely. The marketing competition says that you can decide how people carry your show, and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it, it, it's not about this. right. But I'm not going to be a, a douchebag and uh, mandate that they carry all three hours if that's not what's right for them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm all about customer service, Mark. You have to understand that. Hey, uh, Bring up whatever's on your mind. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Show away from that station that wanted it for you only one hour. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up uh, whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include our uh, bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Lots to talk about there. bbs.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. Liberty-minded news for liberty-minded folk. This Ridleyographer is based out of Savannah, Georgia, and currently is doing a series where he's interviewing all the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar girls. You can find these lovely Lola ladies and their interviews in our very own Free Talk Live Shrine of Female listeners. You can find the rest of his stories at lclreport.com and sometimes even on our new FTL website. Feel free to vote up his stories if you like at our new website at freetalklive.com. All right, I'm calling you out, Mark. Uh, we had a uh, discussion during the break there, one of these areas that you and I disagree on, and it's an area that we don't normally talk about uh, on the air because it's more of an inside radio, inside, behind-the-scenes uh, free talk live discussion. Yeah, I think it's probably better for an after show, but if you want to talk about it now. I don't think it's it. better for an after show. I think that some people uh, really – I think people uh, are curious about radio. People have uh, myths that have built up in their mind yeah, about like radio. radio. <laughs> people are rich. Right, That's there's that one. Uh, people People believe that uh, that you know there's some sort of glamorous factor going on here, and it's not that way at all. Uh, so, so I, I like the in, inside radio segments, and no one's ever told us that they think they're awful. So, not that I would care what they think anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the, that's that, that, that's really the crux of this whole uh, disagreement. Okay, well, what, what like, are you, do you want me to set this up? Mule. Do you want me feel, to set this up, or do you want to do it? You set it up, and I'll, uh, uh, you know. Hard-headed is what you're calling me because I have, have because I have principles in the way that I do business that I will not violate simply because uh, you don't even know greed. what your principles are. Yes, I Go absolutely set, do. Set it up. The principle is that this is a show that does business differently from a lot of the the the, the typical standard syndicated radio fare out there. We are flexible for our radio affiliates. This is what started this conversation. You mentioned in the last segment that Free Talk Live makes it so that our radio stations can pick up the show in whatever format uh, suits best uh, suits their station best. So if, for instance, uh, like in, in uh, uh, Charleston, West, uh, West Virginia, 
They take our 9 o'clock hour, our third hour of the show. They air that during the week. On Saturday nights, they take all three hours of our live Saturday show, and they air that. So what worked best for Charleston was taking an hour of the show. Mm -hmm. If we hadn't have been that flexible for Charleston, if we had done what uh, most all of the other shows in the industry do and said, no. You can't have Free Talk Live unless you air all three hours of You're it. talking about the then, big shows in the um, in the industry. That's not true um, with all shows. Right, right. We're talking about the notable shows, Mark. The notables, you know, the, the Rush Limbaugh's, the those Dave shows, Ramsey's. That's what we're talking. We're not talking about some, you know, show that is on uh, a handful of stations. Obviously, they're not going to be at the at that same uh, level as those uh, bigger names are. So we're only talking about the people that are the kings of the hill, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, our comparison is to how I do business uh, compared to how they do business, and so the, a lot of these other shows will will essentially cram down their their programs. It's worse than just mandating all three hours in some cases. Like they will cram down other shows. Right. So, so if, if you, you carry Sean Hannity, and this and this is true, you have to carry Mark Levin or something like that. Right. Which is you know some guy that they put on in New York City at nighttime, and they they're essentially the they're cramming Mark Levin down the station's throats because they've got this product that uh, the stations really want. They want Sean Hannity, so in order to get Sean Hannity, they have to agree to clear at least you know a couple hours of this other guy's show uh, at nighttime. That's one thing that I uh, would never do to uh, to a station to give them programming they didn't they didn't want. I think that's really outrageous and and rude. Uh, but but specifically. The issue that we're talking about here is, well, should we be mandating that stations carry all three hours of the show? And I don't I think say, we should be no now. Way. You're saying ever, right, never, right, that's, ever. That's what your statement is: is that you'll never ever do it. And the, uh, you know, for one, I think that that's um, that's unfair to other stations out there. It's unfair to the listeners. It's unfair to the advertisers. You're making it seem like the only customer in this scenario is the program director at a given station. It's just not true. That's my customer. Because I do affiliate relations. I call these radio stations. I talk to them. It's my but job to get this show radio on more a, radio stations. Radio is a tripod. Okay, you have to. You have to. Um, you have I to understand do that, Mark. You're not making. You're not allowing me to make a connection you're not here. Allowing if me to the listeners and the advertisers want more free talk live. They can express that desire to the radio station, and then the radio station can make the right decision about that and take all three hours of the show. Until the radio station feels it's the right time to do something like that, I would never mandate, try to make some sort of uh, mandate from on high that, all right, now we're big enough and important enough that you must take all three hours or we're going to just leave your airwaves. And that is not the attitude that I have. That is not an attitude of, uh, toward custom, bent toward customer service. That's a very highfalutin, full of yourself we're big big shot radio stars uh attitude and i do not have any intention or desire to be seen in that particular light i do not want to be associated with the likes of people that do business in that particular way and i will not do that similarly to that uh, uh I, go on, ahead man. Got grandstand here get a step off the soapbox for a second you can make the statement that they'll carry three hours uh, of the show every night and this isn't where we are um, you know this is five years ten years down the road Road. Um, you can make that statement mean whatever you want to make it mean, but what all it means is that if the station wants to continue carrying the show, that they have to carry all three hours. It doesn't mean that you're you're a big.
big, big it's shot. A cram down. It doesn't mean anything like that. That, that means it's a cram down, a, and it means you're full of yourself. It, it, you, That's you can what decide that means. what it means, whatever it um, means. means. You're but getting if you're greedy. Pro- if you're providing a service that is mm-hmm. that valuable that they want to go ahead. If it's that valuable, and, they'll ask you for all three hours. They'll take all three hours. If it's that valuable, and they know that their listeners and their advertisers support it and want that, then they'll ask you for all three hours. You won't have any problem getting people to do that. You don't have to make it a concre- contractual obligation. It'll well, automatically well, be in the, demand. The, the point that I'm trying to make to you is that um, you're saying that only if some other station in town says, oh, I'll, I'll take two hours instead of the one one hours that the... I mean, you, you'd throw over a station that was already carrying the show that only wanted to carry one hour a night? It's not called throwing it over. It's called a contract. Three? It's called a contract. And if the contract allows one side to get out versus the other side, for instance, coming up here in, uh, let's see, about three days, actually, we're going to lose our Paris affiliate because they're changing formats to mm. a music format. Well, they gave me notice as uh, per our contractual yeah. agreement that said sure. back in January, they said, hey, you know, we're changing formats and we're going to give you the here's your 30 days and we're taking you off the air. And that's that's OK. In the same way, I would say to them, hey, there's this station across town saying they're willing to take all three hours of the show. You guys are only taking an hour a week. They're going to take 18. Uh, uh, unless you're ready to take 18, I'm going to have to say goodbye. Unfortunately, I don't want to, but this is what I have to do. That's the right thing for for my show. And they'll understand that because sure they will. They want what's best for free talk live the, 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 all my affiliates have been very, very nice and, and understanding. I'm not was, saying these are bad people. I don't know what, why it is. You're, I'm not you, saying they're. I, I'm not saying they're bad people. They're good people, and that's why I don't. I don't screw over good people. It's Mark. not screwing it over. When asking, you cram what down, you're claiming you're screwing people is that, over. that people that ask a price for their product for whatever that price is are somehow evil. For, no, no, for that's not what rates. I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think that there's a certain point at which that I will not cross, and I will not cross the point of becoming what I consider to be greedy. I've. I have never seen anything good come from uh, from being greedy in my life. It is it, it has had consequences, immediate consequences in many cases that have not been uh, p- been positive. What is greedy? Define greedy for me. For me, being greedy is being focused on uh, anything besides satisfying your customer. Wait, aren't the customers the listeners, and wouldn't the listeners be better satisfied if we were you're, on three you, hours a night? You're ignoring the point I already made, aren't Mark, and that is the, if the listeners the want that. the advertisers, and wouldn't they be better served to have more avails to advertise in? Mark, you're ignoring my point. If the listeners and advertisers of radio stations want those things, that's oh, what yeah, they'll get. Oh, yeah, because advertisers have all kinds of time to call program directors across the nation to The listeners, to get them to... if that's what they want, that's what they'll get. If the radio station feels as though Free, Free Talk, Talk Live is, is beneficial. at getting uh, listeners to call uh, uh, PDs, absolutely. If the radio PD, if the program director feels that Free Talk Live is a good program, that he's getting good response from his listeners and the salespeople are, are selling the show, then they'll add more Free Talk Live. It's a natural process that will happen on its own. Then we get to the issue of uh, charging for the show, which I brought up during the break. Rush Limbaugh, in all of his importance, uh, believes he's such hot S that he can charge money for his show. And he gets away with it because he is in high demand. And these stations are literally paying, in many cases, the amount they would pay to hire a local show host to bring a syndicated program on their air. That much? That's how much it costs. That's why some stations are basically saying, screw this to Rush Limbaugh. We're paying as much as we'd pay a local guy. We'll bring a local guy in here and do it. Keep the avails. Right. Do it better. Uh, And and so you you were talking about, well, you know, down the line, you, you, you could charge for the show. And no, I will not charge only, for this no, show. I'm not saying you could do anything, Ian. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is 
it's okay if that's what you want to do that's in your business model. That's not what I want to do in my business model. You're calling it evil, model. wrong, greedy. I think you're it is You're using terminology like that, and it's just not I true. I think it's greedy. It's, it's not like it matters, because uh, Free Talk Live isn't at this level, and this isn't the kind of thing that we have to worry about in the future, because obviously uh, more stations, will, I have stations will compete. Um, you don't even... You, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've got this this weird thing in your head. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 coming up. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. A girl of age six handcuffed. I do still want to get to that story. Uh, So that is on the way here. Your calls are the primary element if you make them at 800-259-9231. Plus, I believe we are on in Huntsville uh, this hour. They actually take the show an hour later, so they'll be hearing this an hour off of when it actually happens. There's not a lot of info in the news right now, uh, but there is some major news coming out of Huntsville tonight. Uh, Tragic news, yeah, where according to AL.com, the uh, three people are dead after a shooting at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Shooter opened fire around 4 o'clock this afternoon at their Shelby Center located on the campus of UAH. The shooting occurred during a UAH biology faculty meeting. Three people who were shot to death were all members of the faculty, according to the spokesman from the school. Of the three people injured, two people were also faculty members, and the third was a member of the university staff. No students were involved in the incident. Dr. Amy Bishop, a Harvard-trained neuroscientist, was taken into custody, and her husband has been detained. They have not been charged with a crime. That's all of the information that is out. That's the latest story published as of uh, 7 o'clock Central Time tonight. Hmm. So from initial details, it actually sounds like this may have been a faculty-on-faculty shooting. Yeah, like a you know dispute at work, disgruntled worker kind right. of thing. Right, very unusual. I mean, not your typical uh, school shooting situation. So, uh, as uh, you know, as we learn more, we'll we'll share it with you here. And of course, inevitably, the the calls for gun control uh, will be well, coming out. I'm sure there was a I'm, there had to have been rules on on that campus against uh, most campuses yeah, have that against rule. carrying a, a gun on campus. I mean, surely uh, you know the, these these people that uh, did this shooting knew that there were no guns allowed on campus, and they knew that they were breaking the law when they did it, but they didn't care. Because because they were already prepared to break the law by killing right. people. They wanted to kill For somebody. God's sake. I mean, 
these these disarmament laws only disarmed the victims in these circumstances. Try to imagine what would have happened here if somebody would have had a gun in their purse or um, you know concealed on their person and this happened, and maybe they would have uh, gotten one, maybe two of the people, but it wouldn't have been quite as many people injured. Uh, you know, this is these are, these laws, these disarmament laws are really only victim disarmament laws because they do not disarm the perpetrators. Absolutely, and we've been talking about that extensively on the uh, the program actually over the last week. In fact, the, the issue even came up uh, on tonight's show earlier tonight. Just wanted to get the information out there for any of our Huntsville listeners and to share with our listeners the uh, the unusual uh, circumstances here that it's actually a faculty-on-faculty shooting. So anyway, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Last hour at the end of the show, uh, we got into a little bit of a heated discussion, Mark, about this uh, radio industry, the, the business of, of doing syndicated uh, talk radio and some of the disagreements that you and I have over the way uh, th- that I I represent the show and that uh, that I I plan to handle this show in the future. It's not really an issue you have right now with how I represent the show, but uh, you would like, for instance, for me to do things differently into the future once presumably want, the demand increases. For I want free your, talk you live. to have a little freedom around some of these ideas because you're in such deep competition with uh, so many of these other radio shows that you've in your mind, and I understand I have too vilified these other. shows shows and the way that they do their business um, and um, you're, you're basically saying well the, I would never do conduct business in this way because it's bad and it's wrong and it's not if you have a product that's valuable then charging for that product is not wrong what you were suggesting here was that Rush Limbaugh is somehow bad wrong greedy or evil for asking for money from the stations uh, that air his show in, in our industry it's basically the standard that uh, and in what Free Talk Live does is we just ask for uh, airtime and then we do some ads during that time and that's how we make our money. But um, I don't think that Rush Limbaugh is anything but the top dog and the top dog is going to get paid more. Period. End the of top story. dog, it, it is greedy what Rush Limbaugh does by charging uh, radio stations to put him on the air because Rush Limbaugh would get paid plenty if they just sold the inventory in his show. He can make plenty of money. He's got over 600 radio stations. There's all kinds Who of money you to there. Decide how much money he. Well, I mean, maybe I'm he not could, deciding maybe anything he could for him. Hired Mark. more staff and then provide some kind of better service to his I'm, people. I'm not deciding anything, Mark. I'm just telling you how I feel about what the way that particular business model works. For me, that feels wrong to uh, to try to choke as much cash out of uh, the radio stations around the country as possible Choking cash to make it harder so for bad. them to do make it harder for them to do business uh, increase their overhead just to if put your program on the no, show you're not in doing anything to them except charging for your product they get to choose whether or not they want to carry that show period end of story if if and some of them I have understand. decided They've to made do this the choice. if they think it's better that um, to put on a local host or carry some other show there's no shortage of shows that'll air between uh, 12 and 3 carry Dr. Joy Brown she won't do it to you um, good. It's, it's fine, right? You know, fine. So, um, you know, you you provide whatever, and then the, the people that want to listen to that will listen to that. It's okay. All this is okay. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not greedy. It's okay for him to do it if that's what he wants to do. Then I why mean, is that's it, their business. But you were for calling me, it greedy. For me, I would consider that greedy because, uh, it, I mean, the the definition of greed is excessive or rapacious desire, especially for wealth or possessions. Uh, and I, it seems that going over i think there's a certain point at which you've gone overboard into being unnecessarily uh taking an unnecessary amount of of money 
Rush Limbaugh has over 600 radio stations. He can sell his spots probably for thousands of dollars per minute. I don't know what the rates are. Oh, it's it's, I, <laughs> it's like $30,000 a 60. Right. I would imagine it's thousands of, I don't know what it is, and I'll take your word for it that it's that much money. But that's a lot of smack just to run a 60-second a advertisement on uh, on the radio. Of course, you're mm-hmm. getting 600 stations for that or whatever. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. you know, hey, maybe People, it's a good value. But he, I, I don't imagine too many of them go unsold. Right. So so what I'm saying is there's plenty of money in that particular in the in the syndicated business model to where you don't need to jack a station for $40,000 just to put you on uh, on their airwaves. I think that's over and beyond the call of duty and it's completely unnecessary. And what if that's what Rush Limbaugh wants to do, that's fine. It's his show. He can run his show however he wants. I don't dis- besmirch him for that. It just Except for seeing, calling him greedy. Seeing other people doing those things allows me to decide what my appropriate method of behavior would be. And I see those things and I say, to me, that doesn't feel right. To me, that doesn't feel like that that's the right thing to do for your radio stations. And so I would not engage in behavior like that. And I know that frust- that frustrates you. And I, I think so, that that's the I greedy got, aspect. Like, like you see that there's money out there that we could possibly have if we were that popular. It's not about the money. Popular. It's pro- about providing a better service. For, that doesn't increase see, your service. That yes, it does. In- it absolutely does. Because if you get more money, then you can uh, you know, p- p- provide better services for your clients, better services How for your listeners. How is it $30,000 a spot, not enough damn money to run a radio show? Are I you kidding me? I don't know. I don't run a business that like, that's like that's Rush that Limbaugh large. needs to charge uh, you know, seven bucks uh, a month for his uh, his website. I understand they probably have a big bureaucracy of uh, they do know, they have a lot that, of people, employees and a lot of overhead above and beyond their show. And I understand all that, but to tell me that you can't run a radio show and charge thirty thousand dollars a spot for your inventory and that's not enough money to run a radio show is ludicrous. Well, you're, you're you're assuming that it has to stop at radio show. Russell Limbaugh is not just a radio show. Yeah, it's, he pretty much is. He no, doesn't do a TV it's show anymore. It's a newspaper. Anymore. They do. Um, they, they they get out a newsletter. They got the Limbaugh they have letter. Subscriptions that um, cover that cost. Right. Well, I, I'm just I'm just pointing out that you're just calling it a radio show. He's a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. you know that they charge for. So there's all kinds of things that go into this business yeah. model. Who knows if he gets a little more money if he could and, and you know I I. I think his message stinks, but who knows if Free Talk Live gets more money, we can provide more ways for people to hear the message of liberty and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these things aren't wrong, bad, or terrible. Can we talk about the girl with the handcuffs? No, we'll get to that when I'm ready for it. Yeah, 800-259-9231. Jeff is on the line in Charleston listening to WVTS. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to call about the Huntsville incident. Uh, what I heard on the news was that the professor was actually uh, up for tenure and uh, was denied tenure, and that's why uh, she was shooting her colleagues. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, uh, you know, I know the anti-gun people are going to be calling in, and I just uh, I wanted to make a point. I went to Appalachian School of Law in Virginia, and uh, probably about 10 years ago there was a shooting there, and it just so happened that a couple of students had firearms in their car, and they were able to stop him before he... Uh, I mean, he did, he did kill, I believe, three students and injured a couple, but they stopped him before, you know, the rampage went on. Did they end up charging the students with uh, manslaughter? Um, the individual that, at Appalachian School of Law? No, yeah, I'll tell you what, we people can, that shot we, him. We'll, we'll bring you back here. You can explain in a moment. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And for the grand prize, why was marijuana made illegal? Uh, because it's a gateway drug. 
Cause there's no medical value. Cause it corrupts the youth. Uh, cause drugs are bad, okay? Cause, cause it kills your brain cells. Uh, cause it makes you dumb. Cause it makes you lazy. Uh, cause it'll make boys grow boobs. Uh, cause it threatens industry and Americans are a bunch of sheep. MarijuanaMuscle.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include our uh, cam and our chat room. It's all uh, mixed together. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com, chat with uh, some of our listeners, a bunch of people in there right now, cam.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Jeff, listening to WVTS in Charleston. Jeff, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were talking about a shooting, a school shooting. What prompted this discussion was that there was a school shooting in uh, Alabama today that actually involved faculty versus faculty, which is very un- kind of an unusual situation for a school shooting. But you were talking about a story. Uh, was it there in, um, in – you said it was in Virginia where this, uh, this went down, where a couple of students did manage to get to their cars and get their guns and essentially help put a stop to the, the school shooter? Yeah, yeah. To the best of my recollection, they didn't have to fire. Um, it was enough dis- of a distraction that they had weapons themselves that they were able to, I think, take him down to the ground until the police got there. But, you know, mm. uh, I mean, at least they had some kind of protection that did it did stop the situation from, from getting worse. So, Do you recall uh, if the students were charged with a crime afterward for uh, for having a gun on, on uh, campus? I, I don't believe they were. I, That's I don't, good. Uh, I don't think so, no. That's good to know. Is there, was there any other detail about that you wanted to share? Uh, no, I, you know, I just I knew that the um, the anti-gun folks would be calling before too long, and you know, I'm here in West Virginia, so I kind of I kind of enjoy having guns myself. So I just I wanted to put that out there that you know, in, in those cases at schools, it's often you know it, it can I guess escalate if everybody's carrying a weapon, but I, I think for the most part, people are uh, are use their good judgment and and like you said earlier if you take away guns you're really just hurting the victims of crime. right well the people really. that carry weapons tend to be fairly responsible about them well, and you know the here a, a great example is people will will say things like well this isn't the wild wild west and um yeah. in fact if you look into the wild wild west and uh, i read you know i read an article by you know professor who who wrote and studied a 10-year period in in several towns i think it was about six towns including dodge city um in the 1870s the height of the wild wild west time and he compared the murder rates, and this is a place that essentially has no lawman apparatus, you know, like a, a sheriff for an entire huge area. This guy doesn't do any investigation or anything like that. He just comes in and cleans up the mess. Um, in, in that time frame, it was one-tenth as dangerous as it is in New York City. And I believe that that was New York City over a one-year period as opposed to the ten-year period that he, he point, pointed out there. But let's just let's just uh, forget that and say it's ten, ten, New York City currently is ten times as dangerous, and Baltimore is 26 times as dangerous today as it was, in fact, in the mild, mild west. Yeah. 
Thanks, Jeff, for the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Sure. I mean, es- situations can escalate if uh, if, if somebody, um, you know, if two men have a gun. It's possible, but I think that there's a real good reason why they wouldn't, and that is that if somebody escalates, they know there's a very good chance that they're going to die. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right. So uh, back to the discussion we were having, Mark. I uh, I want to make sure that people understand what it is I have to deal with trying to stay uh, to stay close to my principles here in doing this business with you constantly putting suggestions in my ear about how we should charge more for this down the line and cram this down our affiliates' throats uh, later on as uh, the show gets more popular. I mean, here we are now with 65 radio affiliates across the country, uh, got more uh, in the hopper coming up uh, mm-hmm. soon which is pretty exciting as well and so as over time as, uh, as time goes on more stations will come on board and eventually it might get to the point where stations are competing to some extent to in a marketplace like in Huntsville for instance uh, there was another station that that wanted us at the same time that WBHP uh, that station that got us uh, had a has a that wanted us at the same time and for whatever reason you made your decision the WBHP was the right one and I think that you know, they made the move faster I okay. mean they uh, they were here they came to our door first and and, uh, and they got us uh, as a result of that. And so th- there are just some things that I think that are unscrupulous practices that I would not engage in that I consider to be beyond the pale. I consider it to be uh, inappropriate. I consider it to be poor customer relations and poor customer service. I-, I-, I consider it screwing over the people that helped you get to where you are. That's, I think, the most important point about this. Uh, and and uh, there are a number of them that are done in this industry. And I, I use the term greed. And, of course, greed uh, happens to connotate an avid desire for gain or wealth an excessive, extreme desire for something. I don't think there's anything wrong with desiring wealth for oneself because obviously you need to be able to take care of yourself and take care of others and you know give money to charity. That's all very important. And so it's important to uh, – there's nothing wrong with wanting to take care of yourself at all. But I think that there's a point at which where it does cross a certain threshold. I think providing bad customer service to your affiliates is a bad uh, point to, to to cross. I just don't think that there's necessarily this this clear cut uh, line in the sand that you're talking. Obviously, about. there's not a clear cut line because well, everybody has an, a different line. For mm-hmm. me, there's a clear cut line. For me, I've decided what's appropriate for my behavior and what is not appropriate, and I've decided that based on watching what uh, what these other shows do. And you know what, just to kind of point something out here, Mark, I think the reason why you see the kind of things that I'm calling greedy tonight, and I know some people are disagreeing likely with this, and you're welcome to call in at 800-259-9231. I saw the chat room, people are, some people are taking your side. Uh, but I think that one of the reasons this happens, one of the reasons Rush Limbaugh is able to charge radio stations to air his show is because... Normally, when I talk about greed and, you know, John Stossel would point out that greed is good. Well, greed isn't necessarily bad if you're checked by competition because then your greed can only go so far. Your desire for wealth can only go to a certain point and the competition in the marketplace will prohibit you from reaching that point because, well, they're going to do it better and they're going to do it cheaper and they're going to get your customers to, to leave you. In the radio industry, you don't have true market competition. The radio industry is restricted. The entry into the market is heavily restricted by yes. the F, by the FCC. And so you don't have the true competitive marketplace that should exist in the audio entertainment 
via the radio waves field that ideally should exist in that anybody who wants to start a radio station should be able to do so as long as they aren't stepping all over the signal of, of their radio neighbors that happen to live in the same or the, be broadcasting from the same geographic area. But as long as you've got the FCC sitting in, in between uh, the people that want to do radio and the people that actually get to do radio, then you've got a very, very limited amount of options out there. And so because there are only a handful at most of talk radio stations in any given marketplace because of the uh, the again the restrictions that the FCC puts on the uh, the business well as a result there are only so many talk radio syndicated programs out there that are available to those uh, to those talk stations so i think in the absence of an FCC in a true free market of a radio spectrum Rush, I don't think Rush Limbaugh would be able to be uh, as rapacious with uh, with his radio affiliates. I don't I don't disagree with that. I do absolutely agree with what you're saying. Um, I, so that's why I think but, those practices are wrong and inherently greedy because no, they, they wouldn't they otherwise exist. exist. They ex- well, they exist in they are the market working with inside the paradigm that is, exists. So that um, if he getting the highest price that he could get, whatever that price may be, whether it's uh, more avails, whether it's um, you know uh, dollars or whatever it is, would still be the the same desire in an unchecked marketplace. So but the they get away with wrong it. And the desire isn't evil. You got to grandstand. The desire isn't wrong and the desire, desire isn't evil. It's the marketplace that's skewed by the government that's wrong. They get away with screwing their uh, their affiliates because of the would, government would be screwing interference. screwing it in a free market? It's free talk lot. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. You can go back, in fact, in our podcast all the way to the beginning of January of 2009. Completely free at freetalklive.com. There are lots of reasons to look forward to the Libertarian Party National Convention. You'll meet new friends and allies and have great conversations that run late into the night. Most importantly... You'll help restore principle to the party. See why the LP is worth saving it. Take back the LP.info. Take back the LP.info. Toll free numbers 800 259 9231. You know, Mark, uh, you're getting so upset about this topic, and it just makes me want to keep it going uh, I know. because of how you're, uh, you're reacting because, to because it. Because I'm evil and I'm wrong and I am rapacious, right? I'm not saying that you're evil and you're wrong and you're rapacious. I'm just saying that you don't understand. You're trying. You've tried to convince me to do some of these things that I consider unscrupulous. I've never uh, tried to the, convince you to do anything. In the dude. industry, I'm trying to, uh, to, to not keep tonight, your, but to in keep the past. your mind open. How could we do this? We don't have to keep my mind open to something I consider to be uh, unscrupulous and it's, wrong. That's the point. Why would is, I keep my mind this, open to that? Uh, you know as well as I do that charging what your product is worth is not wrong, unscrupulous, rapacious, or evil. You don't or understand. Greedy. 
I try to do business from the perspective of the customer because at Absolutely. one time I was if a customer. If you don't, you don't win. But the point right. is, is that so you I, you deal on a regular basis with only program directors, and so therefore your your view of the marketplace is somewhat skewed. You have more than one customer. You have yes, I do. advertisers I, I know as that. customers. You have uh, program listeners directors and program, and you directors. have listeners, and and you have to service right. all of those people. As a matter of fact, you have a co-host who is your customer too. You have to provide. Your service just fine. Don't you, you have worry to provide a, 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 a an environment to that co-host that is uh, you know that, that that competes on the marketplace yeah. too. You have all kinds of customers, and to believe that somehow you have to service this one kind of customer to the detriment of others, which is what you're no one's your been thought, detrimented. Not, no, no, none no of the one other has. That's not no, what I'm nor talking. Will that's they not be. what we're talking about. Nor will they be talking about the future here, and you just want to drag this out over some kind of fantasy in the in the in the future. In the future, these I are real issues. That Rush Limbaugh is treating his uh, affiliates badly by, by charging, charging for, for his show? Right. Absolutely he is, because he makes it... First of all, Rush Limbaugh isn't just charging for the show. He's also running his commercials on their air, which is how most shows do it. Most syndicated radio shows, you briefly mentioned this earlier, run what they call their network inventory on the local station's airwaves. So you hear national spots for things like you know Geico or whatever. We've got Nestle on our show, uh, for instance. So you hear national spots for, for things like that. And then the local station gets to run some local inventory for their local advertisers who want to sponsor that uh, that particular show. By charging for the, the program, Rush Limbaugh is inflating the prices that those local advertisers have to pay, thereby making it more difficult for the radio station to compete with other stations in the marketplace and making it more difficult for advertisers with not as much money to spend making it very difficult for them to get on a show like uh, like that. So it's just it just makes things worse, I think, overall. And you did admit to me that you agree that it's this way because of the government's intervention, that they wouldn't necessarily be right. able to get but away with these things you were saying that Rush Limbaugh otherwise. is greedy and rapacious. Those are the terms you used. And Rush Limbaugh is not greedy or rapacious for working within the system as the system exists any more than you are greedy and rapacious for working within the system. He, I think he is. But you're wrong. Well, you, and, can, you can shout that all you want. But, but uh, the, the thing is... I mean, you're asking for a price for your your product. It should be lower. Make it lower. Don't you love your stations? Huh? Make your price lower. We're actually working on that, Mark. That's why we cut back on uh, commercial inventory a few years ago to make the show more competitive. We make, to, to make it more competitive. And better that way for the radio stations. That way it's more stations. valuable. Better for radio stations. Better for the listener. Better for everybody. Not better I for wanna, you, Mark. You don't get to sell as many yes, radio it, commercials. Yes, it absolutely does make it just as good. I don't need a quantity. I need quality. Ah, and just so as well. We have more radio stations, then that helps you more, doesn't it? But isn't that greedy? Isn't it greedy by making the price? I mean, this is the stupid philosophy that you have. Not if you're doing you it would, for the you best. You would defend any other uh, individual for having uh, charging whatever they want to charge, but in this case, because your mind is skewed, because you you're so deeply immersed I'm every day by right doing what you do. Shut up for my station. Shut up. I'm not done. Um, <laughs> you're so in deeply immersed that you you've forgotten that it's okay to charge whatever you want to charge and whatever you can get for your product because that way you can provide the best service for your customer it's okay it's okay it's not wrong it's not greedy it's not rapacious i think you've gotten a little bit lost what's best for me is what's best for my customers as far as uh getting these stations on board without trying to squeeze every last dime out of them is important to me. I don't want them to feel like they're getting screwed in order to take the show. And a lot if of Rush Limbaugh stations way, feel that way. Well, if they feel that way, they should drop him. 
They they feel that way, but then they're not him. willing to do it because he's he's in high demand. Then then he's the valuable enough for it. I can tell you, I go to Obviously the grocery he's store. Obviously, he's valuable so, enough for it. If wait, he I, wasn't valuable enough, they wouldn't pay the price, right? Look, there's some Obviously. things. When I go to the store, sometimes there's some things that, that are a little too high priced for me, and some of them I get, and some of them I don't get, because some of them I want enough to pay the price that it is, and some of them I say, you know, it's just too much. I'm not going to get it this time. I'll get less of it. Whatever. That doesn't make that company. Greedy, okay, here's where you're wrong. wrong. Here's where you're absolutely wrong because you've admitted to me that uh, the FCC has created a restricted uh, marketplace that allows for these behaviors to exist. You also agree that they may not exist in the absence of the FCC because of the increased competition. Likely not. And you said that, well, as long as it's within the system, then it's okay. Well, would you say that's true about other companies that use the system to uh, to essentially line their pockets Supporting, for people's what, money? Taking because the, that's what's going on here. Taking the system to to support the system um, in its uh, you know, limiting of people to be free to speak and and to populate the airwaves is wrong. So if Rush Lim- and I'm sure he does support this, if in his supporting of that, that's wrong. However, charging for what he charges is not wrong. But he's so using if, a coercive system to get more money so than he are, otherwise would. You're using a coercive system to get on the air. Why don't you just um, not give your? Why don't you not? Why but, don't you no, really no. support community you're radio? Dodging it. No, I'm you're, not. You're I'm pointing the point. out that everybody has to work within the system, and but you there's can't a be difference principled. between working within the system and using the system to extract as much money That's as possible. Not, he's not from using people. the system in that way. He is working Absolutely within the is. system in that in that uh, instance. Now, if he's giving money to the the FCC or supporting his stations and keeping uh, and limiting people out in a monopoly or licensing aspect, then what he's doing is wrong in that area. But charging what he what he's going to charge for his product and getting that is not wrong. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And what, what you're hearing here is the age-old conflict between the sales department and the programming department in, ra- in radio. Uh, you wish you, you could uh, properly represent the programming department in radio. What are you talking about? I look at this from the perspective of somebody who's running a radio station. You're not station. even listen, looking at this from the perspective of your listener. You're looking at this um, the perspective of, of an affiliate I'm looking at this from the perspective department. of listeners because... I've been successful at getting this show out to more listeners uh, because of the way I market this program. Uh, the way you market this program has been sheer genius, but you're limiting your, um, limiting yourself in the pro- – by the way, genius that I came up with um, – th- limiting yourself in the process. What, what, what did you come up with? The, the the whole uh, the the fact that we have on staff a, uh, a sales guy and an affiliate relations. Oh, because I've been doing affiliate relations a lot longer than you've been doing sales. Absolutely, so you didn't but, come up with that. Yeah, sure, but uh, oh, okay. you know, I was sitting in the room when right. we came up with this whole business plan, right? But me marketing the show didn't have anything to do with what you came up with. You marketing the show. Too, you made it sound like you came up with the marketing plan for I, the show. I'm the marketing genius behind the show. You sell the commercial inventory on the program. I market this show to radio stations. I put together the business model with you in the room, uh, you know, many long years ago. Right, but you didn't start selling the show until 2006. It wasn't ready for that. What was I, I going to sell a show that. that started out on three radio stations? I didn't, I, I'm not talking about pointing. I'm six not, watts you, just, in Kansas you made it City. sound like you've got you you uh, you created the entire plan for the show, Mark, and that's not the case at all. So don't pat yourself on the back too much. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. Take control of the airwaves. Is Mark right? Is Rush Limbaugh not greedy for screwing his radio stations uh, as deep as he possibly can for every last cent? What about the girl with the handcuffs? Handcuffs? That's a short story. We'll get to that. 
Uh, you can bring up anything here in the remaining moments. Enough time for your calls. Is Rush Limbaugh greedy? What are your thoughts? It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free. If you like the show, you can help support Free Talk Live by shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to purchase, they likely sell it in dozens of categories. Start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. And uh, for the last few months, Ian and I have been using the Totasack. It's a, a handy little handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States, and it is designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks, but, you know, Mostly uh, grocery bags. I, that's what I find it most useful for. You can go to totasack.com to check it out and see what it looks like and uh, get a family pack. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Totasack. They carry more than you can. A lot more. Now, you were making signals to me, Mark, and you know I'm bad at understanding what those mean. We need, to give, we away need to do a giveaway, a, right? We need to give away a pair of Totasacks uh, at the end of this segment. Okay. Well, now you've given it, now you've given it away. Now everybody's going to know when to call in. Well, this is the reason I made a hand signal. Right, yeah. I mean, I just want everybody to know what I'm dealing with here. Like, well, we would have told you we would have been giving it away anyway, and we always give it away at the end of a segment. So it's the last segment. Right, this is the last segment. They'd have been able to figure that out. All right, so Totasac to be given away. Uh, don't let me forget it here. Uh, 800-259-9231. That is not the call-in number. We will give you a special contest line at the appropriate time, so pay attention for that. Uh, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Handcuffed girl. Well, they tried, at least. Port St. Lucie, Florida, according to WPBF.com. A Port St. Lucie first grade student was handcuffed and committed to a mental health facility because of her classroom behavior. And her parents are furious that the school took such extreme measures. Mickey Shalansky explained Wednesday that he had happened, or what, excuse me, what he said happened to his six-year-old daughter at Parkway Elementary. She couldn't put... She couldn't put her in two handcuffs because her wrists are that small. Sure, you couldn't put a sixth grader, a six-year-old in, in handcuffs. I mean, you'd have to have special handcuffs. So they put them both through the same handcuff and left marks on my daughter's arms, said Shalansky. But a St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office report paints a much different picture. What? Deputies, yeah, what what could a sixth grader, a, excuse me, a six-year-old possibly do that requires handcuffs? I mean, a sixth grader isn't that big either, no, and then you're only talking a about a ten-year-old or eleven-year-old. I I don't even know how old, how much a sixth grader, uh, a six-year-old is, but maybe forty pounds, thirty pounds. Ain't much they can do. No. A police officer who's trained to handle full-size adults with takedown moves and that sort of thing yeah. uh, is would need to put someone in handcuffs. And Anyway, let's tell their side of the story. Deputies said his daughter, Haley, got upset and stormed out of her classroom when her teacher asked her to do something. The report said it then so escalated. That, this is the, the, the girl, Haley, stormed, yes. stormed out. Uh, the, the report said it then escalated into a temper tantrum in the principal's office. 
According to the incident report, a deputy said a Haley... A temper tra- tantrum by a kindergartner. Oh, my God. Right. They've never, I'm sure they've never seen one of these at, at public school, right? Uh, right. Uh, dep- private school. Anywhere. I mean, Deputy said Haley was out of control. It said she kicked the wall, went over to the desk, and threw the calculator, electric pencil sharpener, telephone, container of writing utensils, and other objects across the desk. She was then handcuffed. According to Shalansky, it's the father, I don't think it should have come to this, you know, to put a little girl, six years old, 37 pounds, in handcuffs, take her away in a police car. Even worse is what happened the next day, said her uh, her parents. A deputy was called to the school again after Haley had another tantrum in the classroom and principal's office. Apparently it didn't work. The sheriff's <laughs> report said she was yelling, throwing things, and hit the principal who is eight months pregnant. This time she wasn't handcuffed. This time she was committed to a mental facility. I was terrified, her mother said. I left work crying, terrified. Where is my baby? What are they doing with my baby? You gave your baby to people that would put hand, put handcuffs on a six-year-old. Yep. What do you right. expect? Well, they don't know that, Mark. They yes, they do. It they happened know. the day before. Well, yeah, but I mean, they didn't. They didn't know that when they sent her there in the first place, right? And they, well, but but they had their lesson um, the day before. You would think that a, you would think that this lady would figure out. Oh my God, these people don't have a problem with putting my daughter in handcuffs. What else are they capable of doing Maybe if she both, goes in and does it again? They may both work for a living. They may not feel. They, as I, 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 very very likely, but you'd think that they would say, you know, that's it. I, we're going to put her in private school. Maybe they were afraid if they pulled her out that uh, you know they'd, they'd be charged with a crime. Uh, maybe they can't afford private school because everybody's forced to pay for these awful government schools and it costs so much money. Haley's parents said their daughter has a temper problem, but there's no history of mental illness. Her mother said the school could have called her so she could pick up her daughter rather than having her committed. She said of the New Horizons mental health... Yeah, we'll just commit her. She said of the New Horizons Mental Health Facility, they have looked at her here. There's absolutely nothing wrong with my child. I work in daycare. I know what a child uh, I know what a child that has problems, you know, I know how to deal with them. I know what they act like. Uh, he said uh, the, the father said to have his daughter committed is just wrong. The report also said the school has contacted the parents several times about setting up a meeting to discuss her behavior, but they've never shown up. Franklin said she was supposed to meet with school officials Tuesday, that's the mom, but had to cancel because she has car problems. Meanwhile, her parents have kept Haley and her sister home from school. So looks like they finally... If the school wants to get a hold of the parents to talk to them about problems with the uh, the daughter, you'd think that the parents would uh, would go to that. I don't know. I mean, you know, the, I don't know the specifics, but... But you're right, Mark. I mean, they should have gotten their they should have taken that as a, an indicator that it was time to get their kid out of the Seems the like a pretty school. fair indicator to me. But I can understand also having a lot going on in your life and uh, and, and you know, it being feeling, more important than your daughter. And well, and feeling like you 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 have some obligation to send your kid to the to the government school. They certainly make it seem that way. Well, they'll they'll uh, they'll arrest you, the parent, if you don't send your kids to the government school or send them to a government approved private school or do a government approved homeschooling. And because people are, in many cases, having to work two jobs just to pay all the various different government taxes uh, they have to pay out there, I don't blame them for feeling at a loss of what to do in a situation like this. But nonetheless, it's just another tragic example of the compassionate, compassionate people that are working within this government uh, system and taking care of your children. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, Frank is listening to WVTS in Charleston. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank? And we lost it. That sounds like a click. All righty. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So what's the solution here? I mean, obviously, getting your kids out of the government school is going to prevent a lot of possible heartbreak, a lot of possible damage. We started the show out tonight 
with a, a lady who has just had a, a nightmare, uh, just an absolute nightmare of a situation in, in, involving the government school system, the DCF, the Department of Children and Families, and essentially stealing her child from her over a period of a number of years and just back and forth in courts and just an awful, just terrible nightmare of a situation. If there were no government schools, if we didn't have this one-size-fits-all government uh, education monopoly, then many of these horrors would not be happening. They wouldn't. They they would have to come up with more compassionate ways, I think, to deal with situations of children that are out of control. And first of all, I don't think kids would get as out of control in schools that had more compassionate people working for them because they had uh, developed new ways of educating that actually right, interested the, com- the children. The competition, in the first place. Uh, you know, made it so that they had to, you know, come up with better ways to deal with uh, problems like this. And and I think you're always going to have kids with temper tantrums, but uh, likely, you know, and- likely to be the case. However, I think there has been, I think, uh, some evidence to show that a lot of acting out that that kids do in school has to do with the fact that they aren't engaged. They are not – their little minds that are so capable of so much are not being challenged and they're not being engaged in the way that they could be to the maximum extent or even close <laughs> uh, to the maximum extent that they could be. They're, uh, they're forced into these one-size-fits-all school classes where they essentially teach down to the lowest common denominator in the sure. class. And anybody, any of the kids that are more intelligent than that get bored to tears of what uh, is being shoved down their throat. And if the kids are bored in class, then they're going to try to find something else to spend their time on. Whether that's daydreaming or doodling or causing trouble and acting out, it's not learning. It's not what they could be doing. It's not as productive of uh, of a usage of their time as it uh, as it could possibly be. And it's yep. it's tra- it's a tragic uh, cost that we're all paying in society because you take that out, take one kid out, and multiply all the the wasted time and the wasted experience times millions of children. It's just tragic. When you uh, when you're saying that, it, it reminds me of the the gal that we met. Um, I, I believe her name is uh, Deborah. That was from the um, the National Homeschooling Organization, the Liberty Forum. Uh, she had her own Liberty Forum down in Connecticut too, but we met her at the Liberty Forum, and I just remember her daughters. Uh, I think they were 11 and 12 when they went to, when they graduated uh, high school from homeschooling and then went off to college. Yeah. And uh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, obviously this woman's a doctorate and she values education, and and not everybody would teach their kids to that level. But I just think that uh, you know we we would see such a better uh, form of education if you just allowed a free market in education. Um, and you know you'd have little small homeschooling groups where people would. Uh, yeah, they get better education. I just, I, I, I just, I think the public school system is an entire mess. Absolutely right. We're out of time, but not. Uh, we still have enough time to give you a tota sack. T o t a s a k dot com is where you can go to learn more about it. Get yourself a two pack now and help you bring those groceries back in from the car, probably in one trip. They are handy little devices, and you can get the two pack if you're caller number two right now at 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. 
This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.